I'm Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm Malcolm Jenkins. I'm Ai-Jen Poo. I'm Billy Eichner, and I'm a Swing Left Volunteer. I'm a Swing Left Volunteer. I'm a Swing Left Volunteer. Welcome to How We Win. All over the country, ordinary people are doing extraordinary things. We're giving you the tools that you need to jump in and make a difference right now. For our 20th episode, we're talking about Swing Left's plan for 2020. Over the weekend, Swing Left's leadership held a national organizing call with details about the plan for this year and how you can get involved. And don't forget, the best antidote to anxiety is action. And what better way to do that than at a house party? We're going to tell you how you can host or attend one in your community. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven. And And this this is How How We Win. Win. When history looks back on this moment, what do you want to say you were doing? We can't wait to win. If we're waiting, we're losing. Winning is reforming the broken criminal justice system. Working together to solve our climate crisis. Empowering all people with the right to vote. Freedom from sexual violence and harassment. Getting more young people involved in politics. In 2020, let's win the Senate, flip states blue, defend the House, and win the presidency. Winning in 2020 is not where it ends, but right now, winning is everything. Winning is everything. Winning is everything. Winning is everything. Winning is everything, Mariah. That ad is so good. I can't wait for people to see it. We're so grateful to all of the people who contributed on that campaign. And we are 2020 ready. We are getting going. Yeah. So we we grew up hearing winning isn't everything. But in this case, that's wrong. It is. Winning is everything. (laughs) Well, second place would really, really be awful, wouldn't it? We don't have time for that. Yeah. First loser. (laughs) Uh, well anyway we're gonna win swing left has a plan for how we're gonna do it we're gonna hear about that in a minute right this is a a different podcast if you're joining us for the first time we're we're really departing from our normal uh, podcast because swing left had their national organizing call just last weekend Mm -hmm. um, and rolling out the plan for the year and most importantly how people can get involved in that the the actions that are smart and strategic uh, that you can take to help us win so we're gonna have that but first we gotta talk about impeachment which is back baby well, it's in the Senate now, so we all get the opportunity to watch it languish and be crushed <laughs> by the Grim Reaper, Mitch McConnell, <laughs> and um, have all of our expectations and all of the hopes that we've hung over the last two years be just routinely dismissed and crushed. And the, the most important thing about this is that the the impeachment trial is coming to the Senate And that means that no matter what McConnell does, you know what he can't suppress is the truth. The truth is going to come out in this trial and the public is going to know and then they're going to vote on that. So I know we're supposed to be hopeful, (laughs) (laughs) but um, I actually think McConnell can do a pretty good job of suppressing the truth. Um, But we'll see. There are a few senators who um, Mm -hmm. have said they would like to see witnesses, not 
coincidentally, they happen to be sinners in um, dangerous seats for them, seats that we must take back, except for Mitt Romney. He's he's safe, but mm-hmm. uh, Susan Collins, Corey Gardner, mm-hmm. Murkowski mm-hmm, right. have, have, have all said that um, they would be interested in seeing witnesses. We'll see how that plays out. They, you know, I'm used to Susan Collins uh, dangling a carrot for us out there, you know, and and then snatching it back. back. Hello, Kavanaugh. Right. You know, so. Well, we will see. We are still thinking about our neighbors, friends, family in Puerto Rico, which had another earthquake over the weekend and still is not seeing aid from the federal government. Um, after the the swarm of earthquakes they had the week before. Yeah, thinking about our fellow um, Americans in Puerto Rico. And uh, I've just seen an outpouring of support on social media Mm -hmm. and other places, including wonderful remarks from President Obama. Um, Mm -hmm. Missing from that conversation is our current um, president who has not mentioned Puerto Rico that I know of at all. Yeah, he's been very busy. Um, There is the searches that he has to do for photoshopped images of his political enemies. There's the antagonizing that he has to do on Twitter. Can you blame him? It's true. He's got a lot on his plate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's one busy guy. He is. <laughs> um, and then, um, you know, as everybody knows, we release the podcast the day after we record it. And so as we're recording this, we're also looking forward to um, the final Democratic presidential debate before voters in Iowa weigh in. And that is to white. Excuse me. It's tonight. <laughs> Sorry, it's also going to be very white, but uh, for us, <laughs> that is tonight. So, um, but but for the listeners, it, it will have already happened. They can uh, maybe let us know their thoughts using hashtag <laughs> How We Win Twenty Twenty on Twitter. Uh, yeah, it's down to six uh, six of our candidates on stage. So it'll be exciting to see that uh, diversity of experience uh, arriving on that campaign stage, that campaign debate stage. No, listen, I like I like I like all the candidates that are going to be on stage. It's disappointing. I'm going to vote yeah. for one of them. I think that we can't dismiss the the idea that there's something clearly wrong with this process um, that is excluding candidates of color from that debate stage. And I don't blame the candidates that are going to be on on the stage. I don't hold that against them. Right. But I think we have better conversations when we have more diverse candidates that are part of the conversation. I agree. And Cory Booker this week um, has also suspended his campaign. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of outpouring of um, sadness about him leaving, not just because, you know, he represents a diverse candidate, but also he had, was such an important voice in the campaign of hope and civility right. and um, and of being just better in our discourse and getting beyond uh, just fighting Trump, but really trying to heal the divides that our country is facing right now. This great aspirational message, which was right. uh, not hyperbole coming from him. He really is that is that person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's going to be really missed from this campaign. Agreed. Agreed. 
so it's call time. It's call time. So buckle up. We're going to play the call from last weekend. There's a lot of really great information there. You're going to hear from Tori Taylor, our head of organizing and political. Mm -hmm. You're going to hear from Ethan Todras Whitehill. Spoiler alert, his talk was amazing, really inspiring. Uh, he's our executive director. Mm -hmm. Both of them have already also been on the podcast. So right. if you want to dig deeper into their stories, then check out their interviews on our show. And also we get to hear from Marisa Kanoff, uh, who is our national field director, another amazing person who we will have on the podcast very soon. I'm going to jump to the call to action, what you can do and what we need you to do this week. Mm -hmm. um, they're going to talk about it on the call, but we are launching house parties as uh, a really fundamental way to organize groups wherever you are. They're going to talk about it on the call, but I want you thinking about that right now. This weekend is our first round of big house parties for 2020. Mm -hmm. So go to swingleft.org. Right on the front page, there's a host or find a house party near you. Really easy to find. Find one. If there's not one near you, host one. It's time to get into action, people. 2020. Yeah. And the house party is such a great way to like build community. And, and they're very fun. So They are fun. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that uh, I didn't know I was going to get when I started doing this work after Trump was elected mm -hmm. was this amazing, inspiring community of like-minded friends and compatriots like you, Mariah. So here's our national organizing call. This is Tori from Swing Left. Thank you so much for joining tonight's national strategy call. And also hello to all of the folks who are listening to this call via Swing Left's podcast, How We Win. Uh, make sure you drop a review and a rating and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts after you listen to tonight's call. So we're so thrilled to have you all with us tonight. We have thousands of folks joining us tonight from all over the country. And we are so happy that you're here. Whether you are have been volunteering for progressive candidates and causes for years, or if this is your first election getting involved, we're so excited to have you. I'm gonna take a couple minutes uh, and do a quick overview of what to expect from tonight's call, who we'll be hearing from, and a few housekeeping, housekeeping tips. We host this call every year to discuss our work, what's at stake in the upcoming election, and how you can have the biggest impact on the most important races across the country. And so that's a little bit about what we'll be going over tonight, what's at stake, our strategy, and what action you can take to get involved. We're going to be hearing from a few of Swing Left's national leadership, including our founder, our national field director. We're going to go over our work, what we have done in 2018 and 2019, and how we're thinking about this critical election in 2020 and how everyone on this call can have the biggest impact possible in those upcoming elections. So now I am so excited to hand it over to Swing Left's incredible founder, Ethan, to run through the successes that the progressive community has had leading up until this point and how all of those victories and those accomplishments um, and all of that work is gonna propel us into the fight ahead in 2020. So I will hand it over to you, Ethan. Thanks, Tori. Um... I'm really excited to be on the phone with you guys. You know, these calls are always a pretty emotional moment for me. 
I'm always brought back to the heady days following uh, Trump's election. When we launched Swing Left, uh, back to the first phone call, we had no idea what this would become. We were just carried forward on this need to do something and, and that seed of an idea, which was a tool to show people their closest swing district to help do it. Um, this is a great moment to remember where we started for Swing Left as an organization, you know, we're a progressive movement following Trump's election and each of us individually as activists and remember how far we've come, um, what we've accomplished and how much is ahead of us. I apologize if the reference is too geeky for some of you guys, but it feels to me kind of like the Lord of the Rings. You know, we've gone through this amazing journey over the last few years and grown and conquered so much. We're the hobbits, of course. And, and, and suddenly we've arrived at the gates of Mordor, right? 2020. 2020 is here and, and everything is at stake. It, it feels hyperbolic to say that the results of the 2020 election will have a significant role in determining the future of our democracy and likely the world itself. And yet it's also kind of hard to argue with, um, you know, given the need to put a check on Trump and bring the radical GOP agenda to a halt. Taking back the House in 2018 was the most important election of our lives. But in 2020, we have three fights of equal or greater importance. If a Democrat wins the White House, 2020 may be our best chance for years to come to win the Senate and kick Mitch McConnell out of power. And with 2020 redistricting, 2021 redistricting coming up, control of the state houses will determine what state control and federal house lines look like for the next 10 years. And then, oh, yeah, there's Donald Trump on the ballot. All this is so big and so important, and all we are, you know, uh, uh, we're these tiny little hobbits. So, so what can we do about it? Well, you know, we had the same thoughts and worries about 2018, if you remember. And the fact of the matter is the last few years have given us the answer to the question of what can I really do against this problem that seems so huge? Can I do anything? And, and the answer is yes, a hell of a lot. The thing is, there's always been a ton of energy in the grassroots. But at Swing Left, our focus has been on equipping that energy with the right tools needed to be as effective as possible in the most strategic races. With this focus, we can avoid some of the problems that's plagued the grassroots in the past, money and energy wasted in primaries or general elections for races that are either too safe or too out of reach to be worth the effort. The right actions for the right target at the right time. That's it. But it makes all the difference. So consider our collective top-line numbers in the 2018 election. Uh, this is Swing Left and all, all the groups and everyone who did, did amazing work uh, with us. $11.5 million raised. 2.5 million phone calls, 5 million doors knocked. Make no mistake, these are really, really big numbers. The FEC doesn't track bundling, but we know that we were one of the largest conduits of, of, of funding the candidates last cycle. And these voter contact numbers are even bigger. Collectively, we know that we drove more volunteer shifts to the campaigns than anyone else last cycle. For many campaigns, Swing Left volunteers were making up between 25 and 50% of their totaling, total canvassing shifts. That is huge. But you know what? In my mind, the reality behind these top lines is even more impressive, such as the fact that of that 11.5 million, around 4 million was raised for candidates via the district funds program, which ensured that money raised during the primary would only be spent for feeding Republicans and not other Democrats, and that it would be delivered to the nominee when it was absolutely the most effective, immediately following the primary when money was scarce and oh so important to beginning to scale a general election campaign. Or, you know, the fact that of that money in voter contacts, just fully 90% went to races decided by single digits. That's in comparison to fundraising uh, for Democrats as a whole, where 50% of dollars went to races decided by 10 points or more. 
or, you know, the fact that our volunteers who got started in 2017, you know, so many of you guys here on this call were not just a huge source of door knocking and phone calls for these campaigns and dollars, but were so organized and trained that you were managing and training the new volunteers for the campaigns as we got into the fall. Suffice to say, it's not just the, the, the numbers, the door knocks and the dollars. It's when they were delivered and how and all the amazing extra work done by the folks delivering them that's not reflected in these numbers. Okay, so that was, by this point, two calendar years ago now. That was 2018, and this is, this is, this is 2020. So since then, we brought Flippable and uh, Vote Forward into the fold to level up our fundraising and state targeting and also provide a new, proven, uh, effective turnout from afar tactic to you guys. The result was that, you know, we were able to replicate our effective targeting for 2018 in the Virginia state-led races in 2019. Uh, we're really proud of the targeting work there. We're really proud of all the work you guys did for those races financially uh, and, and supporting them by talking to voters. But this targeting is much, much harder, given that there's no public polls of individual districts. The overall numbers are, of course, you know, uh, lower than they were in 2018. But given that it's an election off year and state-level races, we feel pretty great about the magnitude of the work uh, and the targeting. You all amaze me on an everyday basis. So 2019 was about winning in Virginia and working for 2020, but also for us as an organization leveling up on our basic value proposition to you, the grassroots volunteers and donors, we exist to support. Again, it's about the right actions to the right targets at the right time. With Vote Forward, we've added new effective actions. With Flippable, we've significantly improved our targeting. You know, I'll be honest with you, I faced an uphill battle over the last few years trying to get the Democratic establishment to take seriously the power of the grassroots to help win key elections. The old guard is used to seeing the grassroots role in the elections as, you know, a disruptive force in primaries or, you know, a dog pile of money and volunteer time for a media darling sensation far beyond the point where it makes a difference. But I'm proud to say that after 2018, they've really started to sit up and take notice. It's not just the scale that we're collectively bringing, but the fact that it's being done smart, not wasting time and money as intelligently as we can possibly manage. That's what this call is about. That's what this organization is about. It's about helping you and us, the grassroots collectively, that's us, that's all of us, have maximum impact on the races that matter most. It was simple and revolutionary in 2018 and helped Democrats take back the House. It is still simple and revolutionary in 2020, but now it's proven and it's ready to scale massively for the most important election of our lives. At this point, I'm tempted to bring it back to the Lord of the Rings. One more time, you know, Aragorn's speech at the gates of Mordor. There may come a day when the grassroots will fail, but it is not this day. I'll, I'll, I'll spare you. Uh, instead, I'll just say we've worked hard, incredibly hard, to build an organization and a strategy and a set of tools to help arm you for the existential fight of 2020. We are looking forward to standing by you, working hard with you this year, and more importantly, working smart and bringing this shameful chapter in American history to a close. So now I'm gonna hand it over to Tori Taylor, our wonderful head of political and organizing to start getting into the details of how exactly we're going to do that. Whew. Well, I don't know about all of y'all, but I am pretty fired up <laughs> after that, Ethan. Thank you. Um, so, hi, everyone. Again, uh, it's Tori. Um, like Ethan said, I serve as Swing Left's head of political and organizing. And I just a little bit of background on me. I've been working to elect Democrats and advocating for progressive causes for over 10 years now from 
three presidential campaigns to campaigns for mayor and state legislature, working in 20 states and for some really good people like uh, Barack Obama and organizations like Emily's List that helps elect women to public office. And I'm so excited to be spending such an important election cycle um, with such a great organization like Swing Left when the grassroots energy matters more than ever before. So building off of what Ethan said, I am just gonna run through a couple pillars of the political landscape in 2020 and how Swing Left is really zeroing in our work to take back progressive power up and down the ballot. So first, we can't talk about 2020 without talking about Donald Trump. Um, you can't think about November 3rd, 2020 without thinking about Election Day 2016, when I, like many of you on this call, were completely shell-shocked when Donald Trump was elected president, despite countless polls and data points that told us that wasn't possible. And I, I firmly believe, like many of you on this call, that there's no greater threat to our democracy than Donald Trump. And you all know that. And we've also seen more motivation and enthusiasm from the grassroots community than ever before who are all united behind this important goal of taking back the White House. And we've got an incredible slate of Democratic candidates for president. And Swing Left is really excited to get behind whomever the voters decide is going to be our party standard bearer. But we also can't talk about draining the swamp without talking about how we're going to fire Mitch McConnell and get a Senate that's actually going to do something. Republicans currently hold a three-seat edge in the Senate, 53 to 47. And at first glance, the 2020 electoral map looks pretty favorable to Democrats. Republicans have to defend 23 seats in the Senate. Democrats only have to defend 12. But the road is challenging. 20 of those Republican incumbents come from states where Trump carried those states in 2016. And if we win the White House, we'll need three seats to take back from the Senate. If we lose the White House, we'll need four seats because of the vice president's ability to cast a tie-breaking vote. And we have identified seven states where we see the most opportunity to take back the Senate. Colorado, Arizona, Iowa, Texas, North Carolina, Maine, and Georgia. We'll get into the states a little bit um, more coming up, um, but there is huge opportunity to take back the Senate and finally give um, the Democratic majority in the House of Representatives the partner they deserve in the legislative chamber to actually get things done for the American people. Um, the third piece, defending the U.S. House. We had huge accomplishments in 2018 by retaking the House and some incredibly close races, which many of you on the call were huge, huge parts of. Um, there were some incredible new members of Congress elected. And as we zero in on the next stages of building progressive power in our government with the Senate, with the White House, and with these state legislatures, we do have to remember that we have to hold the ground that we've gained so far. And then lastly, state legislatures. State legislatures have massive consequences for national politics. In many states, these legislatures draw the congressional maps um, every 10 years after the census. Some of you recall the 2010 election where Republicans seized power in states across the country, and that resulted in severely gerrymandered maps in states like North Carolina, Texas, and Wisconsin, where Republicans have hung on to outsized congressional majorities in these states, despite the fact that these states are getting purpler and purpler every single cycle. In 2018, Democrats were able to flip 
eight state legislative chambers. Um, and we are zeroing in on 10 additional states in 2020 to expand on that progress and get some of these states over the finish line. Um, many of these states also overlap where there are important US Senate races or battleground states for the presidential race. We're looking at states like Arizona, where they are only two seats away from taking the majority in the state house and three seats away from taking the majority in the Senate. States like Wisconsin, where we're only three seats away from the majority in the state Senate. And so how does this landscape filter into what our strat what swing left strategy is going to be in 2020? So first, we're applying swing left's approach strategically up and down the ballot, using some of those grassroots organizing and fundraising levers that Ethan talked about. How can we use that grassroots energy and the levers at our disposal to not only impact federal races, but also impact these key state legislative elections too? How can we focus our dollars and our time where it matters the most? How are we gonna direct our volunteer hours and these donations to the most impactful place at the right time? And then lastly, how do we ensure that our work in 2020 doesn't just end in November, but also lays the groundwork for a more progressive country and policy moving forward, including access to the ballot and fair representation for the citizens across this country through fairer maps and ending gerrymandering? And so the answers to those questions lead us to swing last 2020 super state strategy. Our super state strategy combines the most important races in the country and identifies areas where your dollar or our volunteer time can go the furthest. The states on this map are the 12 states that are crucial for taking back the White House, the US Senate, and key state legislatures. For example, if you knock a door in a targeted state legislative district, in Georgia, you're not only helping flip that state legislative seat, but you're also knocking on a door in a state that will matter for the US Senate race there, for the presidential race there. So you are tripling your impact of volunteer time or with your donation. These states are also on Swing Left's website, swingleft.org. And again, we're gonna be sending out all this information after the call. So if you're hurrying, jotting notes down about these states or some of the things that we're, we're discussing, don't worry, we're gonna help you out with that after the call. So let's get into the timeline in terms of what the next few months and the next year really looks like. So as you all know, Swing Left does not um, take sides in primaries. We really are focused on organizing and fundraising year round. So our eventual Democratic nominees are in the strongest place possible with volunteers and financial resources after the primary. And so we are really focused on the crucial time for organizing and infrastructure building right now. Organizing early matters so much. So many of you who were involved in the 2016 election remember how hard it was to recruit and organize so many volunteers with such a quick ramp after the Democratic National Convention that summer. And so we can organize now, organize our volunteers, and really make sure that you know, we have the ground game necessary when it's really gonna matter in the fall. You know, this spring, we're going to start to see Democratic candidates chosen in key races across the country. Beginning in March, primaries are going to happen for U.S. Senate races, state legislative races, and we're going to know who our Democratic nominees are in critical races in places like North Carolina, Texas, and Ohio. And so we really have a few months to organize as much as we can early to make sure that we're folding into these eventual Democratic campaigns and giving them the boost that they really need post-primary to start the general election strong.
And then of course this summer, we're gonna have the Democratic Convention where we are gonna know who our eventual presidential nominee is and ready to partner with them to take on Trump. And then lastly, the most important time, the fall, we're gonna know the state of the game. We're gonna know who our candidates are, where they are, and most importantly, more and more voters are going to start paying attention and making a decision on who to cast a ballot for. You know, at Swing Left, we like to think about two really important terms. We like to think about organizing and mobilizing and thinking about them in two separate phases. Right now, we're in the organizing mode. We're finding more volunteers, more grassroots donations, organizing resources to build up this ground game for Democrats. And then in the fall, it's our job, and hopefully with a lot of help from you on the phone, to mobilize all of the work that we have been doing over the last year and a half, and really since 2016, to push our Democratic candidates over the edge in these critical races. And so I've given you a little bit of the political background that we're looking at this year. And now I'm sure many of you are thinking, how can we take action and plug into this? So I'm gonna hand it over to our fantastic national field director, Marisa Kanoff, to talk about how we're going to take all this information and really plug it into high impact actions across the country. Thank you, Tori. Hey, everyone, Marisa Kanoff here. I am Swing Left's national field director. I am uh, beyond thrilled to be on a call uh, with thousands of you across the country. We have amazing geographic diversity. Um, there's nothing I love more than, than chatting with awesome Swing Left volunteers. I've probably met a lot of you out in the field, but for those of you that don't know me, I'm our, our, my national field director, and uh, that means that I manage our field staff throughout the country and work on pro programming that ensures that you all will have the biggest impact in the most important races. And as Tori and Ethan said, uh, they've kind of already given the game away with how we win, right? There's basically just two things we need to do. We need to raise early money and we need to do some voter contact. So with response to the early money, you know, the great thing about the way that Swing Left raises money for candidates is it's not just about the amount of money that we raise, but it's about when we give that money over to a candidate. So, you know, we're an organization that doesn't take sides in primaries, and it means that we can raise money for candidates during the primary process when they're duking it out among, um, you know, other Democrats. However, once they emerge from that bruising battle, and, you know, a lot of the times a primary can have six or seven or eight or nine people running in it, um, they're frequently low on funds. And the, our model allows us to then take all that money we raised while they're battling another Democrat and give it to them right when they're about to go battle um, a Republican. And what, even though once, uh, once they become the nominee, we can keep raising money for them so that the candidates who need it the most are going to have money when they need it the most throughout the cycle. This cycle, you know, we have more than a dozen funds in place to support our candidates up and down the ballot. For example, we have funds for each of our super states where the money will be divided up among the candidates we're supporting in that state. So for example, let's say the super state that you were most interested in was Pennsylvania. You know, you could donate to our Pennsylvania fund and be sure that that money would go to the candidates who need it most in Pennsylvania. And the other cool thing we've done with early money is we've made it really easy for you not just to be a donor, but to be a fundraiser. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. And so the other way that we win um, is talking to voters, right? Um, we like to focus a lot on canvassing at Swing Left because we know that face-to-face -face conversations are still the best way to convince voters to vote, 
you know, some of you might be wondering, well, what are you even going to be doing if you're canvassing this early? You know, it's still a year out from the election. We ask people to pledge to vote, you know, particularly in a presidential year. People might, might not be aware of all the really important down-ballot state-ledge races that Ethan and Tori were talking about. Um, it's great if we can remind them not just to vote for the Democrat in the presidential, but in those key state House and state Senate races that are really going to determine the fate of redistricting in 2021. We also know that a lot of you live too far away from a super state to canvas regularly, and that's why we're super excited to have partnered with the folks at Vote Forward to do partially handwritten letters. We do these letters because they've been scientifically proven in multiple randomized controlled trials to get voters to vote. Um, and you can write them from anywhere. So if you're too far away to knock doors, this is a really great way to take an effective action. And the other cool thing is we can write them now and hoard them and then send them right before the election when they're going to have the most impact. Um, and then finally, of course, registering voters. You know, if you live in a super state and you can get on the ground and you can go to the farmer's market, um, you know, go to a concert, go to even honestly like a laundromat or a grocery store is a great place. If you can just go and register voters in a year like this where more people are expected to turn out, um, that's really key. And now you might be wondering what you can do right now. And uh, I have a couple of pro tips for you. So if I were you, the first thing I would do right now is I would head on over to Swing Left's website. I would do swingleft.org and I would do swingleft.org slash groups. And that would take you to our join a group page. And if you put in um, your zip code, it'll bring up a list of all of the groups near you. And the great thing about groups is it will connect you with people who are already doing this work in a super state. I don't know about you, I've always found volunteering much more fun with friends. So you put in your zip code, it brings up a list of, of groups near you. And you'll notice that, uh, you know, we're a big umbrella organization. We're incredibly proud to have um, affiliated groups like Indivisible Chapters on our website that have adopted our strategy and tactics in addition to having their own tactics and identity. Um, if for some reason you don't see a group near you and you want to start one, um, please do that. Our field staff would love nothing more than to talk you through that process and to help you get people doing um, effective action near you. And speaking of effective action, once you have joined a group, you should head on over to Swing Left's um, Take Action page and enter your zip code to see the best thing to do near you. So whether it's attending a canvas or a letter writing party or donating to one of our funds or even just learning about our super state strategy so you can tell everybody else about it, the Take Action page is designed to be your one-stop shop for impactful actions. And the cool thing about it is that it's always changing based on new priorities, when new events get added to our calendar, obviously an event you see um, you know, in the first slot uh, this month will not be the same thing that you see um, in June or May or even, you know, in October when it's really just get out the vote time. So I would encourage you to kind of maybe bookmark this page and check it early and often. Another great thing that folks should be aware of is Swing Left's college program. So at Swing Left, we know that youth organizing is an organizing specialty, right? The way that you talk to um, college students in particular is kind of very different than the way that you organize adults. And so we have a whole separate team of field staffers that just work on this youth organizing. So if you are a college student yourself, or if you know a college student, um, I would very much encourage you to tell them to go check out swingleft.org uh, slash college programs. There you can learn about our fellow program and our network. With our fellowship program, we have a three-month organizing fellowship each semester where we give students hard organizing skills. And in the past, many of our fellows have gotten hired by campaigns or by state parties. And as a reminder, you know, this cohort of fellows will graduate. 
just as presidentials are staffing up, so it might be a really cool thing for a college student to do this semester. And then we also have our college network. So we know that a lot of uh, you know, students are already part of existing progressive groups on campus, maybe like the college Dems, for example. So if there's a student who's a part of a group like that and they just wanna take advantage of our tools and our tactics and our strategy and our resources, they should absolutely join the network. And you can learn about both of those things at the college page at our website. So I'd encourage you to check that out. And then finally, another really easy way to get started, you know, you could literally do this if you, like right now, if you wanted to. Um, if you go to swingleft.org slash fundraise, you know, we've made it really easy for anybody to become a fundraiser. You know, a lot of the times you hear the word fundraise and you think about like a fancy black tie only event with like caviar and pretentious music. Um, and at Swing Left, that's kind of the opposite of what we do, right? Because we know that super that early money is super valuable to candidates, we've made it easier than ever for anybody to become a fundraiser. We have these personal fundraising pages that operate very much like um, like crowdfunding pages, like something you might see on Kickstarter or GoFundMe. So you can pick the fund that you want to raise money for. You can set a goal. You can put up a picture and tell your story about why it's important to you. And then you can just share that link with your friends and your family and email and on social media. And you can kind of watch the donations come in. Um, and it's it's kind of a great thing to do um, if you're looking for a very easy way to take a first step. Um, and with that, it is my pleasure to hand it back over to Ethan. Okay, so we did just kind of throw a lot of information at you about what's on the line and how we're going to win in November. And there's a lot of things you can do to get involved. Um, so I just want to uh, clarify and say, okay, if there's one thing you can do right now, what we want you to do right now, it's to attend a house party in the uh, upcoming weekend of action because that's the way that you're going to co uh, connect with other Swing Left volunteers and that's the way that you're going to be most effective in this coming year. These parties are the foundation of strong groups and solid organizing that went back to the house in 2018 and it's the perfect way to kick off 2020. Really appreciate you guys joining us and, and, and sticking with us. That was a lot of information, so uh, let's get to some questions. Great. Um, thanks, Ethan, and thanks, everyone. Um, we've been getting a lot of really good, smart questions um, in the box, so we'll try to get to as many of them as we can. Let's just start with some questions about letter writing in general um, and how effective it is. Ethan, could you just give a quick overview, because there are a bunch of questions about how effective the sending letters for GOTV is. Yeah, um, Marisa touched on it, um, and you know, suffice to say, Last cycle, if you heard from us, we were talking just, you know, knock doors in your closest swing district. The reason is 80% of the country had a swing district right near them. The, the map of the key races in 2020 is just very different. And we know that a lot of people um, are pretty far from one of our super states. And that's why we were really sort of excited to um, uh, discover this sort of the new science uh, um, and, and the new the randomized controlled trials that Vote Forward did around the effectiveness of uh, their handwritten letters for turning out votes. You can find the, the trials themselves on the Vote Forward website. We're linked to them. And, uh, you know, they, they're, they're two to, in some cases, four times as effective as postcards. Um, We've looked at the science that have been verified by a lot of experts, and uh, it's, it's now three good randomized control trials that say, hey, this is an incredibly effective way to turn out the vote. And that's why we're leading into that. Um, like I said, you can go take a look at the studies themselves, but, but we feel confident in their effectiveness, and you should too. Okay, uh, another question is about resources. Um, if, do we have the resources and the infrastructure in all 12 super states to take this on? Um, Ethan or Tori, you want to jump in on this one? 
Sure, sure. It's Tori. Happy, happy to take. So um, long story short, absolutely. So Swing Left has over 400 groups all across the country um, in, you know, a, hundreds of cities. And um, we've got, in addition to Swing Left, you know, there are partner organizations from Indivisible to Sister District to other organizations who are also, you know, doing this critical work. And so I have every confidence that the progressive movement and this grassroots energy that we're, see we're seeing is really going to be able to continue the blue wave that formed in 2018 um, and really carry us forward in 2020. You know, the, my recommendation um, to all of you all is, you know, really picking where you want to focus your volunteer time, your donation time, picking a race, adopting a district, um, adopting a state um, to really prioritize that impact and go really deep on some of these races. But, you know, I have every confidence that, you know, folks are going to step up this cycle and we're really seeing it um, in what we saw in 2018 with taking back the house in 2019 winning some of those critical races in tough states like Kentucky and Louisiana and flipping both state legislative chambers in Virginia. Um, I think both of those are really great data points that show that we are building the infrastructure, we are building the organizing support and the ground game that these Democratic candidates need to get across the finish line. You know, we won in 2018, we won in 2019. Um, and I think if we keep up the work and really double down on some of the efforts that we've already been doing in some of these critical, critical states, we're gonna be very well prepared um, come general election in 2020. Okay, here's a question about um, canvassing. <laughs> uh, there's a worry that a lot of people really don't like to get phone calls and to have people knock on their doors. And I think that's a huge barrier for people who want to volunteer and want to canvass is they feel like they won't be welcomed. Um, Marisa, can you explain why this is still the most effective way to impact the elections? Sure, I would be happy to. So uh, the cool thing about canvassing is it's probably the most tried and true and most studied method of any form of political communication, right? Whether it's paired up against phones or texting or, you know, digital ads or mail, it all comes down to that personal connection, right? There's really no substitute for just seeing another person in corporeal form and, and realizing that, you know, they're a person and you're a person and you guys probably have shared values of some sort and just having that conversation. I can still remember doors of, of people I've knocked on, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years later. I, I, I honestly, I, you know, out of the thousands of doors I've, I've knocked, maybe like three or four have been, have been an unpleasant experience. Um, and I think the other, the other cool thing or key thing to know about canvassing in particular is like, um, you know, campaigns will spend a lot of money running a field program, field programs, which is, is basically voter contact and turnout are incredibly resource intensive and a campaign wouldn't do it if it didn't have that return on investment. But it really just comes down to that personal interaction and that face-to-face -face conversation. Great, thanks. Okay, here's a question that we got a few times. Um, it's a general question about, you know, I don't think that some of the mid states in the Midwest or the American heartland will vote for Sanders or Warren. How do we get Democrats to rally behind a more centrist candidate? Um, and how do we focus on getting rid of Trump? So I think that's an interesting question about what happens post-primary. So Tori Taylor, I was wondering if you could speak to that. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I know many, many of us and our friends have a, a favorite in the in the Democratic primary election. I, I, for president, I personally think everyone is fantastic. And I'm literally so excited about the slate of presidential candidates that we have this cycle to choose from. Um, you know, I think that 
we all agree how important taking back the White House is. And we can all agree that anybody up on that Democratic debate stage, that slate of Democratic candidates, is going to be better than the occupant that we have in the White House. And so I'm very confident that you know, folks who are supporting one candidate or the other, we are all going to get behind the eventual Democratic nominee. And, you know, I think if you look back at previous presidential elections where there were competitive primaries, there's there's always a little bit of a concern that, you know, some of the primary candidate supporters might not get on board for the general election. But the data really doesn't bear a lot of that out um, when you get to the general election. And I think that's going to be the same um, this time around, too. And you know, if there if there are volunteers or or donors who maybe want to take on another race outside of the presidential election and like really focus on a U.S. Senate race or key state legislative races, you know, there's there's so much work to do in 2020, and there is a huge menu of options in terms of how people can plug in and engage. It doesn't just have to be through the presidential race; it can be through these Senate races and these state legislative races. Um, and I would really encourage all of you all. Um, you know, as volunteers, as leaders in your community to really organize and build groups and community um, that other volunteers who may be on different, who maybe have been on different sides during the primary can all come together under one banner to take on um, this huge threat in the White House or focus on some of these down ballot races that are also going to be so critical, not only to policy making at the local level, but as we talked about with redistricting, have huge consequences on national politics and our congressional maps moving forward. Great, thanks. Okay, uh, there have been a couple of questions about, you know, I wanna do X, here's an example. I wanna remove Susan Collins, who do I contact locally to volunteer? Um, and that just speaks to a general question about who to contact in order to volunteer or join a group. Um, Marisa, can you speak to that? Yeah, I would love to. So right there with you, whoever asked that question, I too would like to defeat Susan Collins. So if I were you, you know, I think regardless of where you are, what you want to work on, um, the first thing that you should do is probably go to Swing Left's website, swingleft.org slash groups, and join a group near you to see if, if there's another group near you. Again, we have um, more than 400 groups in something like 42 states and some amount of cities that I always forget because the number is so high. You know, another thing, uh, if you go to the take action tool, it always will display three options. Then you can kind of scroll and, and see what other options it displays. And at some point you'll get to connect with an organizer. So if you are like totally new to this, whether you're, you're new and looking to get involved for the first time, or you're already a member of an established group and you know, you just want to figure out how to adopt swing less tactics. Um, if you fill out that connect with an organizer request form, um, we will connect you to the field staffer, um, at Swing Left, who's kind of responsible for your region of the country. Um, and they'll set up a one-on-one -on -one and you guys can talk, you know, strategy and tactics and, and the best thing that you can do. Um, so either swingleft.org slash groups or swingleft.org slash take action, or at a bare minimum, if you just email, you know, host at and say, hey, I want to talk to someone about getting involved, um, our amazing email team will make sure that your email gets in front of the field person that should respond to it, because we are, are so excited that you want to get involved and are happy to put you to work. Great. Okay. Uh, here's a question. It's, so do we have models to estimate how much an additional dollar or $100 will help a given race? I'm sure it's more effective in a smaller district and a small medium market. So that's, that's a really interesting question about, you know, where your money goes and how much of a difference it makes in those races. Um, Tori, can you speak to sort of the, the bigger picture on like the impact of, of donations? 
and where they go. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so I think this is one of the most exciting parts about engaging with state legislative races um, this cycle. You know, our, our new partners that came into the Swing Left family, um, Flippable, was a grassroots organization in 2018 that was focused on state legislative races. And one of the coolest things about um, engaging at a race at that level is it's a much smaller race. You know, they're, they're going after fewer voters because state legislative districts are substantially smaller than a U.S. Senate or a congressional race. Um, and so their budgets are a lot smaller. You know, a state house race in North Carolina could cost, you know, $150,000, $300,000. That's a lot of money, but it's not the $20 million that the U.S. Senate race in North Carolina might cost. And so when you think about where you're going to put your donations, you know, your $50 goes much further in a race that has a $100,000 budget versus a race that has a $20 million budget. Um, and it's the same with your door knock. There are just fewer resources resources, um, and it's a smaller scale campaign at that local level. And so you really see your dollar and your door knock um, go much further. And it's one reason why we're really focusing on state legislative races this year. You know, we at Swing Left really pride ourselves on doing the targeting, doing the analytics to make sure that our members, our volunteers, and our donors are able to put their resources towards the places where they can have the most high impact. You know, folks are super busy. And, you know, not everyone has time to dig through all of the different races, all of the data. Um, and so we at Swing Lock really try to do a lot of that homework for folks and just provide an easy set of options. And state legislative races are one of the best bang for your buck that you can find um, engaging in campaigns this cycle. Great. Thanks. Um, Tori, uh, I'm just going to just want to hop in on that for, for a second and just point out the fact that when you when you donate to a state led race in North Carolina or you knock doors for a state led race in North Carolina, that's still all going to trickle up the ballot as well to, for the, the Democratic Senate candidate and the Democratic presidential candidate. But if you do it in the other direction, it doesn't necessarily trickle down to that key state race. So that's, you know, one reason why we're focusing a lot on these these down ballot races, because it kind of covers, um, you know, the whole ticket. Whereas if we just focus at the top of the ticket, it doesn't necessarily trickle down to those down ballot races, which are so critical for the future of our country as well. Sorry, just wanted to add that. Yeah, that's great. Ethan, I got another one for you. Um, what is the local structure for volunteering for elections? Are they coordinated campaigns or independent expenditures? Uh, we are fully coordinated with the campaigns and the party. And this is kind of an unusual thing. And, and I was sort of surprised it was unusual when I you know, got into this and started learning about it. But I, I learned that a lot of groups, um, because of the campaign finance laws and, and the money that they want to spend on these races, they actually work parallel. Someone mentioned independent expenditures. Um, what that means is you're allowed to spend as much money as you want on the races, but you can't talk to the campaigns and you can't talk to uh, the party. And so that leads to kind of a, a lack of coordination. And that's because of the FEC uh, rules. And what we've done, um, because we feel like it's so important to sort of uh, uh, direct people into campaigns and work with campaigns, um, is, you know, we've kind of twisted ourselves around the campaign finance laws to allow us to be fully coordinated with the campaigns. This is why we don't do things like, you know, run ads for campaigns, because that would put us afoul of those rules. But it allows us, it's, it's one of the superpowers that allows us to help make you guys as effective as as possible in terms of targeting these races. Like, for instance, some of you might remember the last weekend, last cycle, 
for any time you run GeoTV, when you came to us and said, okay, I'm ready to shift, where should I go? And we would just tell you, go here, right? But behind that, behind the scenes there, we were talking to all of the campaigns, we were looking at all the polling, we were talking to the party, we knew the, the races that needed the volunteers the most, and because we were talking to the campaigns, we knew the, the events within those races that needed the campaigns the most, and we could send you to those places, and, and, and therefore make much better use of your time and that was all made possible because of the way we twisted ourselves to be in direct coordination uh, uh, with these campaigns. Great, thanks. Okay, Tori, question for you that we get a lot is why not Kentucky? <laughs> Obviously, Mitch McConnell has a lot of power and it would be great to try to limit that. And there have been a lot of requests to add Kentucky as a super state or do more fundraising. So. Totally, totally. And we, we do get this question, um, not even just specific to, to Kentucky, but why aren't we focused on, you know, other states that are outside of, of those 12, like South Carolina um, and some other states where there might be some other Senate races happening um, or other state legislative fights. So long story short, you know, there are a lot of important races out there and there are a lot of incredible candidates who are fighting in very difficult areas. I am a Democrat from the South. And so <laughs> I can say that I know how tough it is out there in some of these races. And, you know, we are really seeing this grassroots energy pop up in a lot of places, not just battleground states, not just states that you know, get the same amount of the same big attention year after year. Um, but at Swing Left, you know, we really have to prioritize. There are limited resources, both from an organizing capacity and also from a financial standpoint. And so we really had to make some tough decisions to really look at the data, look at the analytics on where a dollar or a door knock or a phone call or a letter was really going to have the highest impact possible in terms of getting these candidates over the finish line. And these are the 12 states that we really think are the best opportunities for Democrats in 2020 and really want to pull our resources together um, to make sure that we are successful in these states. You know, this map is is fluid. If there are if there are states that come online later in the election, we may take a look back at you know some of these decisions and and shift them slightly. But you know we want to make sure that we're providing the best opportunities at this time for the folks who are looking at this strategy. And this is definitely the twelve states where we really see the most opportunity right now. Great, um, Troy. I have another one for you, which is you know are we partnering with and what is our relationship like with the DNC? Sure. So we get this question a lot from, you know, not just from the DNC perspective, but other partner organizations. How are we working with other progressive partners? Um, you know, we really like to think of Swing Left um, as a team player in the space. You know, we want to work with our progressive allies, um, both nationally at the state level, at the local level, to really, you know, coordinate as much as legally permissible um, and make sure that we are all working in tandem and making and doing the best at executing the resources that we have in the most strategic way that's not duplicative. Um, so we do, you know, talk to folks at the DNC, we talk to state parties, and um, we talk to our partners at Indivisible and Sister District um, at Planned Parenthood. You know, we really try to talk to as many progressive partners as we can. Um, again, there are some legal issues in terms of talking to everybody. Uh, some of these organizations are structured a little bit differently. And, you know, we want to make sure that we are operating within the confines of the law. But we do talk to folks like the DNC and those state parties and try to be very communicative about what our organization is doing and 
whenever there are other organizations or groups doing work in states, we really try to coordinate and collaborate wherever possible because, you know, when we're all unified behind a, a singular strategy and are able to focus our resources and really each of us take, um, you know, certain pieces of the pie in terms of what we need to do to move forward, that is when we're all going to have the most impact and make sure we're not duplicating resources with any other organization. Great. Okay. Um, we're getting closer to the end, but I think we have time for a couple more. So I'm going to go through, yeah, pick the, the biggest themes that we saw. So there are a lot of questions about voter registration in general. Um, and, you know, that's something that's obviously really important in the super states. So Marisa, I was wondering if you could quickly talk about that. Um, yes. So uh, spoiler alert, voter registration is very important, particularly in a, in a presidential year where turnout uh, is generally likely to be higher. You know, as a national organization, voter reg becomes a little bit tricky only because the rules and regulations differ in every state, right? So for example, if you want to register somebody to vote in the state of Texas, you have to be deputized by county. I'm pretty sure North Carolina doesn't allow online voter registration. Uh, the rules about who can register when are different in Pennsylvania as they are in Ohio, as they are in Maine. So we would encourage you to do voter registration if you're in one of those super states. Um, we would also encourage you to either connect with a local group on the ground who's already figured that out, whether that's, you know, a swing left group, um, you know, like the folks in swing left Maine have already done a great job of figuring out Maine's rules and regulations, although truthfully, they're not as uh, challenging as some of the other states. Or, you know, just go to your Secretary of State's website, just make sure you kind of get the down low on, on the rules about who can register, you know, if you can wear partisan partisan clothing, you know, in Texas, you can't even wear like an Obama shirt if you're registering voters. Um, so just make sure that you kind of have crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's before you go out and register voters in a super state. Um, but if it's a thing you can do, you know, it's also a great way to get new volunteers involved. It's, it's kind of a, a nice civic participation thing. And obviously, you know, as soon as we register somebody to vote, then we can start talking to them about uh, the importance of not just this presidential election, but, you know, the Senate and the state houses and the state senates. So you should totally do it if you live in a super state and you can. Uh, just check, you know, your Secretary of State's website um, is, is a great place to start just to make sure that you're doing everything the way that you should be. Thanks. Okay, quickly, um, there's a question. Of, there are no swing left groups within 100 miles um, of me. So what type of commitment is it if I decide to start a group in my town? Um, Risa, that's for you. <laughs> So that makes me very sad that there are no groups within 100 miles of you, but it makes me very excited that you might start one. You know, it kind of depends, right? There's no one right or wrong way to um, start a group. Uh, if you want to start a group, obviously, we would connect you with one of our field staffers, and they could kind of walk you through what it means. The first step would probably just be a house party, you know, and we could help you recruit some folks in your area. Um, and even, you know, five people in a living room can make a difference, right? And one of the most rewarding things about working um, particularly with swing left volunteers, is that so many people, particularly last cycle, were first-time activists, right? They were definitely voters, but they never really saw themselves as volunteers, and they never really saw themselves as leaders. And the number of people I've met who who almost kind of fell into this in a way, um, and now it's, you know, a key part of their identity, you know, they're a uh, they're a wife and a mother and uh, a teacher and a volunteer leader. You know, that, that makes me so happy that people have kind of adopted this as part of their identity. And, um, you know, you can kind of do as, as little as much or, or as much as you want. 
um, one of the things that our field team would work with you on is kind of how to build a leadership structure within your group. So it's not just one person kind of doing all the work. We would help you really develop um, a leadership structure within your team. So you could kind of have like a steering committee and, and obviously, um, you know, strength in numbers. So you wouldn't have to host all the events yourself. Um, but, you know, anyone I've talked to who's kind of taken on a volunteer leadership role has had a lot of fun with it. Um, and you also just form some really great friendships while you're doing it. So I would encourage you, if there's not a group within 100 miles of you, just email host at swing left and say, hey, I think I want to start a group and we'll connect you with the right person to talk to to get started. Great. Thank you. Okay. Um, we're, we're winding down. Maybe this will be the last one. Um, Ethan, is there a dollar limit per donor for swing left in the way there is for individual candidates? Um, so I just wanted to, but that's a good one to highlight the fact that we do, you know, a, a couple different kinds of fundraising. We fundraise for the candidates directly, right? And, and, and in those cases, your money goes directly to the candidates. A hundred percent of those donations go to the candidates and those count as the normal fundraising limits. Um, so, you know, if you donate to one of our Senate nominee funds, um, that counts as your, uh, against your 2,800 uh, general election donation limit to that candidate. Um, if you want to donate to support swing left operations because of our structure, then there's not a limit to what you can donate there. But there's two different kinds of, of, of donations that we do. Um, I wanted to sort of like circle back to that, that other question, though, because, um, you know, what Marisa was talking about, one of the things that has been so incredibly rewarding is going to places around the country and, and, and just meeting these leaders exactly like Marisa said, like, you know, just 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 people who got a couple of folks together in their living room who just just ha had people show up and, and just all, all had that collective need to do something. So what can we do? You know, well, Swing Left suggests this. And they just kind of like felt their way through it. Right. There's nothing there's not I mean, there, there is something incredibly special about those people. But but what it is, is just the choices that they made, that they saw what was going on in, in the country. And this is just normal people just like you and me and everyone else um, sort of involved in this and just and just felt like they had to do something and found their way. And now some of those organizations have become these powerhouse grassroots organizations um, with hundreds of members, thousands of members doing, you know, incredible work. And it all starts with just getting a couple friends together and saying, you know, what can we do? Here's some ideas. So if, if you haven't taken that step yet, if you haven't, um, you know, been in a room with some of those people, highly, highly encourage you to do so um, at the upcoming weekend of action, get involved with the local swing left group. You know, it's, it's, it's such an incredibly rewarding experience to not just watch the news anymore, but actually feel like you're doing something about it and making positive change in this country. Um, so, yeah, I strongly, strongly encourage you guys to do that. So um, it, it, it's been great chatting, chatting with you all and, and, and fielding your questions. Hope you're feeling inspired and informed and ready to get to work on 2020. Like I said, we're, we're, we're really excited to be in this fight with all of you, and uh, we're looking forward to hopefully good things to come um, if we all put in the work. So, um Thank you guys so much. You know, have have, have a great week and in 2020. Uh, fingers crossed. If, if we do the work, guys, let's do it. Great. Thank you so much, Ethan. And thank you, Zip and Charlie and Marisa um, and the Swing Lab crew for helping facilitate this call. And thank you to all of you all who joined us. Um, this was an incredible hour. Thank you for all your questions. And like we said, we, if we did not get a, a chance to get to your questions, we will definitely take them offline and send all these notes, all of this information um, over to you via email. And we're so looking forward um, to 
going full steam into this election cycle with each of you by our side. Um, there is nothing that we cannot take on together. We are strong and unified. And so we are so excited to do this and win in 2020. Have a great rest of your night, a great week, and we will see you out there on the field. Thank you for joining us today and for stepping up and taking action. This is how we win. Now is the time to sign up and volunteer. We have links to the House Party Guide and a breakdown of this call on our website at swingleft.org slash podcast. How are you getting 2020 ready? We want to know. Send us a note or even record yourself and email it to podcast at swingleft.org. Org. You could be on the podcast. Also, don't forget to tweet some pictures of your house parties using hashtag 2020ready. Subscribe and rate us on Apple or wherever you get your pods and share us with your friends, families, neighbors, everybody. We really appreciate you being here with us. And we're going to be back next week with more strategy and inspiration from the field. See you then. Bye. Bye.